Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Shortly after the New York Times reported that he used misogynistic and anti-gay language in numerous emails during a seven-year period that ended in 2018. John Gruden released a statement, quote, I have resigned as head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. I love the Raiders and did not want to be a distraction. Thank you to all the players, coaches, staff, and fans of Raider Nation. I'm sorry I never meant to hurt anyone. Raiders owner Mark Davis made a statement, quote, I have accepted John Gruden's resignation as head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. The emails were sent while John Gruden was working for Monday Night Football as a lead analyst. An ESPN spokesman said in a statement, quote, the comments are clearly repugnant under any circumstance. Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider, joins us in studio, giving the straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Mike, um, you were the GM of an NFL team, so these are the kind of situations that GMs have to deal with sometimes. What is your reaction to John Gruden's resignation? Yeah, probably like everybody else, I was shocked. It was clearly unacceptable on so many levels. This was the only outcome that could have happened. Clearly, it was more of a timing of when it was going to happen, not if it was going to happen. And it's just amazing what he did for so long. Um, And the outcome was the only outcome that was going to be acceptable. Now, with that said, guys, moving forward, you know, I, I just looked this morning. If the season ended today, the Raiders would be the sixth seed. And uh, unfortunately, for way different circumstances, I was involved in a situation where we made a change very early in the season, and we hired Dan Campbell, who was our head coach for 12 games. And we wound on to have a very competitive season. And if I'm Mark Davis, I'm walking into that building today and said what happened was shocking, disappointing, totally unacceptable, and now it's ancient history. We, we have the rest of the season. We still have 12 games left. And we have an opportunity to go do a lot of great things together. So it's us against the world, and we have to move forward as an organization. It's 10 years, $100 million. I mean, that was, a, that was a pretty lucrative deal for a guy that was supposed to be the leader of your franchise. And for me, Mike, you know, I sit there and we're listening to, you know, um, Jacobs the other day trying to make comments as a younger player. How do you navigate that? Derek Carr trying to make comments as a quarterback of a team. Like, all these things that people remember. Like, right, you guys backed him. Like, how do you – how would you advise players yep. in a position that you were like on how to kind of just not mentally move on just to football, but how to kind of rechannel all that that happened over the last several days? Yeah, Jay, well, that's a great question, which is, you know, it moves so fast from Friday to Monday when those first emails came out Friday afternoon. And what I would counsel players is to say, like, hey, you know, let's get all the facts here, because before you speak about something like there and obviously there was more and it, it moves so fast. But what I would say to players is be thorough, be thoughtful. And again, once everything else came out, it, w- it was shocking to see like how long all that went on for. Mike, Rich, Rich Bisacci is going to take over as the interim head coach. I've been knowing Rich for a very, very long time. I have high regard for him as a uh, interim head coach. In these situations, right, we, we bring in an interim head coach. You had Dan Campbell take over uh, for the Miami Dolphins, and now he takes over for them. What do you think? The team, how do you think he can rally the team to get them to focus on the games ahead opposed to the negativity that's behind? Yeah, Key, that's to me, that's the whole discussion that building today, which is like, however we got here, and it's shocking and unbelievable how we got here, but Rich Basaccia, 
You've worked your whole career. You're a well-thought-of special teams coach. But guess what? The pen is in your hand. Like, what story do you want to write? And right now, if the season ends today, we, this year, the 2021 Raiders, are in the playoffs. Derek Carr, you want to be paid like a $45 million quarterback? Go lead us. And to me, it's key. It's an opportunity. Again, it's shocking, disappointing, completely unacceptable how we got here. But now we got to flush it and move on. The NFL is a week-to-week world. And, Rich, you have an opportunity of a lifetime. Mike. Jay, go, go, ahead. go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, Jay, ask Mike what you think about what he thought about. I want to get away from this a little bit and get to the game last night because I feel like we've been talking about this for over an hour. Mm-hmm. My head is going to explode. <laughs> ask, him, ask him what you were telling me about Lamar Jackson and, and hear what he has to say. So, Mike, we, he and I were talking before. I, I've never <laughs> – you know, obviously there's been a lot of talk about Lamar. All we talked about last year – and, and, and I give Key credit for this because Key was like, hey, look, he believes in Lamar. I, I questioned how he would throw outside the numbers, right, the passing game. But what he's been able to do this year has been off the damn charts. I mean, with the exception of their first game in which they lost, uh, which their roster was depleted, it, it, he's making more out of less, right? And it, Marquise Hollywood Brown, he's making him look like a number one wide receiver. Right, we're watching Mark Andrews. He's making Mark Andrews look like Rob Gronkowski. Like what he did last night, coming back from twenty-two points down, twenty-two. I think it was twenty-two point twenty-two unanswered points. Is he the lock for MVP? If we were to pick the MVP right now, would he be your lock for MVP? No, I would. For me, it's Justin Herbert because him and Brandon Staley have changed the franchise. Oh, but, what? Justin but, Herbert? Yes, Justin Herbert. Yeah, he's Herbert. in the conversation for yeah, sure. But, but, but Kyler Murray. He's killing us. I, I mean, guys, you're going to pull an all-nighter saying, when is Mike Tannenbaum's quarterback rankings on Wednesday morning going to come out? So you're going to have to wait till tomorrow. I'm not talking but, about quarterback. I'm talking about MVP, Mike. But, I, but let, me, let me tell you this. <laughs> let me talk about Lamar Jackson because this is a great axiom here, guys. The tape sets the floor and the character sets the ceiling. And what we're seeing from Lamar Jackson is a high floor and an even higher ceiling because he has an incredible work ethic. And one of the things that all coaches talk about, and Key, you know this, Coach Parcells, Coach Belichick, is let's make our opponent beat us left-handed, meaning what don't they do well? And to Lamar's credit, he worked on his weaknesses, and they are now unstoppable on offense because you know what's coming, and now you can't stop it because if you commit more guys to the run – we're going to hit a home run to Hollywood Brown. And like you said, Mark Andrews is playing great. So wait till Rashad Bateman gets there too. wait till he gets on the field. Yeah, no question about it. Like they're dealing and look, they have a lot of injuries like their corners aren't good enough right now. And look, if the if the Colts kicked a 47 yard field goal, we're probably talking about the resurgence of Carson Wentz. But Lamar Jackson, to me, is a great example from a scouting standpoint is when they come into the league, that's the start of the story, not the end of it. And to Lamar's credit, he has gotten better at things that we knew that the opposing defenses would test him on. And to his credit, he's played incredibly well. Mike, what if he what if he was a left-hander? Then what would you do? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's called Tua, right? Tua's the only starting left-hander right now. Uh, wait. You have to make him play right-handed to beat you. So can you list your top three Mike, MVP candidates right right-handed. now? Yeah, it's him. It's Lamar, Kyler. No, no, no. Lamar. I need you to – we rank things oh, on Just, the show, Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert, Herbert one. one. Yeah, Lamar 1A and Kyler 3. You know, Mike, I was out uh, Sunday. Mm-hmm. Did I talk – no, I haven't talked to you since uh, last week. But I was at the game. I was at the Cleveland Brown. I was at the Cleveland game, right? And um, I had a chance to, to, to see it from above and watch the entire flow of the game. I, I still, to this day, man, I don't understand how the Miami Dolphins – got it wrong. Hmm. I'm sorry. I just don't understand 
how they got it wrong. And then I watched Lamar last night, and I don't understand how there are certain individuals in this league, as you know, Mike, they don't like what we saw last night from Lamar, and then the Dolphins got it wrong on Justin Herbert versus Tua. Yeah. How does that happen? Yeah. So, Key, a couple of things. First of all, I didn't get it wrong. Proud to say that <laughs> Herbert was my number one quarterback. Burrow was two, and Tua was three. The, the team we could start with is Washington. As great as Chase Young is, they may have passed on John Elway. So we yeah. could go right to Washington. We could go right down. Like, we could beat up Miami, and that's fine. But we could talk about starting with number two at Washington. Imagine how good Washington would be. I don't think Justin Elway had his arm talent, to tell you the truth. Yeah, that's I got to be honest. Elway didn't have whose arm talent? Justin Herbert. I think oh, Justin Mac, Herbert has Mac, more stop, arm Mac, talent. Mac, stop. Stop, Max. I, I, I think he Mac, does. Max. Stop. Hold Just on. Stop, I, I lived through Elway. No, no, I remember Elway. No, 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 no. Don't do this today. <laughs> Who had today, more arm Max. talent, Marino or Elway? Who had more arm talent? Yeah. They both was about the same. No, I'd say Marino was a little it, more. Oh. I got to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, well, they were both. I mean, they both. <laughs> never never mind. Yeah. I'm going to leave this alone. But anyway. Justin well, Herbert, arm. John, Justin Herbert hey, has – you can't Mike, really have we played against John Elway. We saw it up close in I know. person. He cost me a ring. Uh, we, yes. We, 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 I'm, <laughs> what are you talking about, Max? Anyway, John Elway's one way, of the all-time greats. Well, yeah. I'm just oh, – By the way, Mike T, Mike T not trying <laughs> to get most, involved in the arm talent discussion. He wants to deflect and Most go arm talent I've ever seen is either Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers and then Marino. And, like, those are the guys, if I, if I had to be honest and make a list, they would come, you know, if you have to put them in order, i put them ahead of Elway. What I mean, do you want me to tell you? I would say, Are you out of your damn mind, Max? Now, you get ready to have me channel Stephen A. What is wrong with you? <laughs> uh, nothing. Well, this plenty dude, of things, but not just, with respect to this. Oh, yeah. my God. You know who the other guy put in that conversation? Not as Elway a- can throw on one knee 85 yards in the air. Yeah, he was incredibly talented. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want me to tell you? Yo, Jeff George had great arm talent, too. I right. mean, like, just throwing the How football. did that work out? Not good. <laughs> not good at all. But, you know, Keith, you bring up a great point, and I learned this from Coach Parcells, which is like, you know, pro football on Sunday is played by players that colleges put out on Saturday. And when you look at Lamar and Key, you bring up a really good point. Certain coaches have embraced that and been on the front end of that curve. And to his credit, John Harbaugh was like, I want an offense that's really hard to defend. I have – background in special teams i have a background as a defensive coach i want an offense that's going to be really really hard for opposing defenses and then you sprinkle that in with a guy that has a great work ethic in lamar jackson and you're looking at a guy that's one of the most dominant players in our sport this is Keyshawn j will and max coming to you live from above the heineken river deck at pier 17 Key, you're going to hold that response for a second because we're going to get into it next. (laughs) Mike Tannenbaum is going to stay with us up next. How Lamar Jackson's excellent season so far could have an impact on Baker Mayfield's future with Cleveland. That's next. Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and ESPN2.
Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Who is the NFL MVP right now through week five, which just concluded? 888-729-3776, 888-SAY-ESPN. It is time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless with ESPN NFL front office insider Mike Tannenbaum. Mike. Keep that, keep that music up a little bit, Yates. I want to see if Tannenbaum got a little groove. See, see how oh, he no, bounces, see how he bounces to it, Keith. Let me see, let me let me see, see how he get... bounces to it. Go hey, ahead, Mike. Hey, wait, wait, hold... Give me a bop, Mike, you don't – yeah. <laughs> now my kids, I'm never gonna hear the end of them. Like, Come on, Mike, Mike, I, got I, need a I got a tip for you. What's you that? don't, you don't need to go side to side. Just, just bounce. Your nod. Head. Just bounce. Your yeah, head. There yeah. you go. Okay, but Mike, do it stand in the, in the corner. Yeah, just yeah, nod. Yeah. That's all you gotta do. When you drive, <laughs> hey, Mike, when you driving in West Palm Beach or wherever you at down in that rich area, and you and your Bentley, just go ahead and just. Yeah, let's go put some on. Turn up a little bit. Don't Mike doesn't strike me as the up. Bentley type, but maybe uh, I'm wrong. Yeah, I'm a Chevy Tahoe guy. Yeah, yeah Chevy Tahoe. Yeah. You can do that. Yeah, just sit at the not light, turn the music up a little bit, put on the hey, shades, let the people know he, this I is who you are. I promise you he's not in a Chevy Tahoe in the area he lives in. Don't let Mike see you. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't too many Chevy Tahoes. You take a Chevy Tahoe anywhere. What's the, no big deal. Yeah. Must um, be a sponsor. Love Chevy Tahoes. Don't worry, Mike. The other day, Max was like, oh, yeah, Jay didn't pick me up on the plane. I'm like, really? He's going to pull all my information out there. I was yeah. on the plane. So this Jay, is what we do. He flies so, private. He only flies private. I just went to Vegas quick in and out. for the He won't flight. get That's on a commercial all. flight, Jay. Only private. You're PJs. Strictly See? PJs. See what happens. Um, I'm probably the only one that flies commercial among the four of us. <laughs> I Mike. plead to fifth. Oh. Fifth. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, Lamar's performance this whole year, really. Like, to me, the, it, when he beat Mahomes, he was the best player on the field, right? And he did it again last night and then come back on Monday night football and – a big win. Like, you got to defend your house when you're Lamar Jackson and the Ravens against the Colts. You can't let them come in and do that. And he did it. Um, how will that – what kind of an impact is that going to have on his contract on the dough? Oh, well, look, L- Lamar is a 40 to $45 million 
a year. I mean, this is an easy contract. I mean, it sounds crazy when we're talking about $200 million, but the floor is Dak Prescott, the ceiling is Patrick Mahomes, and let's get this done. Like, if you're the Baltimore Ravens, this guy is never leaving your franchise, so let's go. So why is it taking so damn long? What's the problem? Jay Will, there's a very interesting, complicating factor, one of which I hated, which is he has no agent. And in 20-plus years, I could count on less than five times that happened, but I I never liked it because you never felt – there's a reason you have agents. You could have – candid conversations, you could figure out solutions. And the fact that he doesn't have an agent, to me, is a complicating factor. Obviously, one in which they will work through. But this contract, even though it's so big, the market is so defined, it shouldn't be that hard to get done. No, I don't think, I don't think it's hard, Mike. I think they'll get it done. It's just that he's not – you know how it is. Certain players stress over their contracts, and they worry about the contract, the contract, the contract. He just likes playing football. I mean, I talked to him, oh, gosh, I talked to him – early in the summertime, and, and he just likes to play football. He just wants to play football. The money side of it, it it's, it'll be fine, whether it's $40 million, $45 million, $40 million, or $50 million. In the end, he's one of them dudes that just realizes he's hit pay dirt. It doesn't matter what the end goal number is going to be. The end goal number for agents, like you said, Mike, they want an agent for the next client. Right. His mother is not agenting for the next client. Whatever her baby is happy with, that's what they're going to do. And I'm sure the Baltimore Ravens, in fact, there is not sure. I'm positive, and you know the Baltimore Ravens front office, I'm positive that they're going to take care of him just like they do a lot of their key cornerstone players that they've done over the years. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing that he does – and th- these are the discussions you're having with your head coach and your owner is he's a force multiplier. Mm-hmm. He will keep people in line, which is one. Key, uh, Jay, Will, you guys know the best sort of leadership is the player-led leadership. And the more that he could put out fires and say, hey, here's the standard, and I don't think for a second the money will change him. He's revered in South Florida. He's a natural leader. He's charismatic. So there's no reason this won't get done. The only thing you would say from a Raven standpoint that you have some concern over is – the ball is in his hand so much is the injury factor. Is it heightened because of the way he plays, his build, yep. and the ball is in his hand so much? It's it's a risk you're going to take, but from a average per year, this is an easy deal to do. How risk-averse are you? I mean, for him, I'm averse. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. giving you the money. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, yeah okay, yeah. there may be a, a slight increase right. percentage-wise of you being injured because the ball is in your hands, but – that talent speaks for itself. I but, mean, he just keeps so many plays alive, yeah, Mike. And, no, and you bring up an interesting point, which is if I was representing him, I would be like, Mark, you are not getting on the field until you sign this contract because you can't walk away from $100, $125 million in guaranteed money because of the way you play. we got to protect your kids' kids. Like, this is generational wealth for the next three or four yeah, generations, that, and I it, wouldn't let you play until we get the deal done. And that's true too, Mike, but I think because of the organization, right, because of who he is, the organization – it's, it's a different – every organization is different. If I was doing a deal with you, Mike, I wouldn't get on the field because you might not pay me if I get hurt. The Baltimore Ravens, they operate different with the guys that are their core guys that they believe in, the Ray Lewis's of the world, the Ed Reed's of the world. They just, they just operate differently. Speaking of operating and speaking of contracts, Mike – what I mean, like, what are we going to do with Baker Mayfield when his deal comes up? We're, we're not paying him, Key. You were there. And, you know, what coaches say after the game, we all know is BS. It's coach speak. They have to, you know, engineer their words. But when coaches 
and when Kevin Stefanski is the play caller, he told us everything we need to know. You were at the game three yes. different times in the game, fourth oh. down. Brandon Staley's going for it with Justin yeah. Herbert. He has the best player in the field. Third and nine, and they're backed up. What is yeah. Kevin Stefanski? You have you have Odell Beckham. You have Baker Mayfield. And what do you do? You run the ball. That told me everything we need to know. And Baker Mayfield, in my opinion, at best, is the eighth best quarterback in the AFC. How in the world can you pay him? I want to ask about this. John Elway, speaking, we spoke about John Elway earlier. <laughs> he said something that stuck with me maybe five years ago, maybe even a little more at this point. It's like, why can't there be a middle-class tier of quarterback, but an actual middle tier, right? It feels like either a guy is just kind of on some kind of backup-style contract or whatever, or he's looking for the top of the market. Even if it's not the tippy-top, it's in that range. Is there, like, Baker Mayfield, really, if yeah. Lamar's <laughs> worth 40 to 50, Baker's worth in the in the low 20s. But why doesn't that tier exist? It does, and we signed Ryan Tannehill to an extension at Miami for that, at that point, was $17 million. He took us to the playoffs. Ryan Tannehill's a really good quarterback. But Baker Mayfield, if you know him, he transferred in college, has a massive chip on his shoulder, and he's not wired to take middle-tier money. He's like, no, I'll bet on myself. And you got to let him graduate, guys, because – if, if the four of us own an NFL franchise, we would not be doing backflips to say, hey, we got the eighth best guy. Like, no, we want to win a championship. And if the Browns... Yeah, but, 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 Mike, you can't, always, you can't you, always get the top guys, Key. And, and this is my point. So, like, so you got to play uh, mediocrity? I, I, I hear you, but he had three... Them t- can, I, can I... All right, just in defense, because yesterday, everybody on our damn network was destroying Baker Mayfield. He ain't it. He had three touchdowns. He threw over two touchdowns, excuse me, over, threw for over 300 yards. Yeah, Their defense but, gave up. Yeah. I, I hear you, though, Key. Their defense gave up 26 damn points in the fourth quarter. So, yeah, yeah it turns into a, a shootout between him yeah. and Justin Herbert. But, of course, I'm going to take Justin Herbert. Like, it's about how your team is built as well. But, Jay, well, yeah, why? But, but I, Mike and Jay, it's not even about that. It's what they did. They took the ball out of his hands to give it to Chubb because they did not trust him. They didn't believe in him. Then, then when you came down to it in the fourth quarter, there's a such thing in, in football as we say the wide receiver is running butt-naked, streaking down the field with nobody near him. On that drive, he missed three times OBJ standing by himself. Like, and you know this, Mike. At that moment in the game with 50 seconds to go, you're throwing the ball to number 19, which would have been me at the time. You're not throwing the ball to anybody else, period. If we're dropping back and throwing, number 13, which is OBJ, you better make – we're going to live and die with OBJ. He didn't even look at OBJ. I, I, yeah, I, right. No, I totally agree with that. And that's why you gave up all those draft choices for him. You took Baker number one. Like, it's for those moments. And I'll tell you, like, Jay Will, to your point, I lived that exact decision. We had Chad Pennington – who was good. We had an opportunity to go get Favre, who was great. And we were like, if we're going to try to compete with Tom Brady, we need Brett Favre. And I'm just saying, like, if you're going to sign Baker Mayfield to an extension, and now look at what you're looking at in the AFC every year. You're looking at Patrick Mahomes. You're looking at Lamar. You're looking at Herbert. Joe Burrow. Burrow, right? Josh Allen. So all of a sudden, like, we're going to show up with my Chevy Tahoe when the three of you guys have your Bentleys. Like, all of a sudden, only like thing, only thing I'll say about all that, guys, nobody, is nobody Jimmy Garoppolo that is all, Jimmy <laughs> Garoppolo is also not trusted to to make throws like that under pressure, and he missed it in the Super Bowl on a perfectly designed play. But 
the difference between Jimmy Garoppolo and his replacement is the difference between winning three out of four games and losing three out of four games throughout his career now, right? So there is value in a guy like Garoppolo, and I believe Baker is that kind of quarterback. He's, he's, if you have Baker, you end up have a replacement guy. You have a good quarterback. He's not great. It doesn't look like he's ever going to be great. Well, I Max, get it. You can, you that guy's something. worth something. So wait, wait, so you Max, can win a Super Bowl with Baker right, Mayfield. Right. Yes. You can win a Super Bowl. Agreed. Uh, but I, you can't. You can't. No, he said can. can. Yeah, 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 yeah. But everything's got to be aligned. Hundred percent perfect. So, so, but, but what I'm saying is, you got to put a price tag on that guy. It ain't five bucks, and it ain't fifty million bucks. Somewhere in between is the guys, price tag on that. When guy. When you get these jobs, you're you're pursuing a championship. You have a brand new show on ESPN. Yes. If they came in and said, "Hey, guess what, Max? Like, you're you're the sixth best show in the time slot. Like, I know you. Like, you're not gonna go home and do big." Backflips that, hey, we're six, right? So why would I don't we... even know what the number six means. Okay. Nice. I didn't know there was a number six. There's right. a six. So why would we want to build a franchise where we have the six best quarterback in the AFC? We're not even talking about Aaron Rodgers and Matt Stafford. Like, no. we're trying to build a championship, and that's why you have to be so disciplined. And I think Cleveland has a really smart organization, really smart front office, and they have signed Nick Chubb, and they have signed some other people to extensions. And I think the fact that they haven't signed Baker tells me a lot of what they think of him. What do you think it'll take? I, I, I'm with Max. I would not pay him more than $20, $25 million a year right. because I, he's a replaceable part because he is height deficient. He is speed deficient. He is good. He's not great. And I would scour to try to find the next great quarterback because we want to win a championship. And to do that, we're going against Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow and Justin and Herbert. And if they do that, yeah. some team, he'll find the market will dictate. He'll get in the 20s somewhere by some team who wants a pretty good quarterback. That's straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. Coming up. Next, we're going to go back to the front office with Mike Tannenbaum. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max were presented by Progressive Insurance. Look at that cloudy sky. All <laughs> guests join on the Goodyear <laughs> call-in line. All right, Key, there's not <laughs> I used to do the same thing. When I lived in L.A., oh, wait till February and it snowed. Oh, I used to send my friends pictures. Oh, it was so good. Key will be back soon. You know what you feel like when you're in L.A.? <laughs> that you, you quit the rat race. You know, you you somehow are avoided the rat race. All right. As I, as I say, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's not a guy in the rat race. It's <laughs> a guy enjoying Malibu. Um, ESPN NFL front office insider Mike Tannenbaum is with us. We're going to take Mike and put him back in the front office to answer some of the biggest questions that GMs are facing. Mike, you are the Chiefs GM, Brett Veach. How are you fixing your defense? Yeah, I am trading Joe Tooney to the Pittsburgh Steelers for Joe Hayden. I'm going old-fashioned player for player. The Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line has been terrible. Ben Roethlisberger hasn't been protected. We know that he's close to the end, and I'm going player for player, and I'm trying to make it a win-win. And right now, I thought the Chiefs did an amazing job of rebuilding their line, but they are desperate for help on defense. They now need to trade one of those assets and get a front-line corner that could help them this year. Key? Come, let me ask you this, Mike. How come they didn't try and get a Stephon Gilmore as if the New England wasn't going to trade them to uh, Kansas City or they didn't make a strong push for Jalen Smith? Yeah, Key, oh, those are great points. I totally agree. I thought when the whole Stephon Gilmore thing was going down last week, I had it as Kansas City and Tampa as, like, great teams that need a corner. So kudos to Carolina for stepping up and getting him. But uh, Packers, he, too. Yeah, yeah, because of Jari Alexander's injury, yep. absolutely. But do you offer more if you're Kansas City? Do you say, I'll give you a three, I'll give you a four, I'll give you a conditional pick later absolutely. on? He, absolutely. I don't get uh, New England off the phone. like Because if you're Kansas City, like does it really matter in the 2022 draft if it's a third 
or fourth round pick if you could get a shutdown corner. So I would say, hey, Coach Belichick, I want to get the deal done right now. What is it going to take? I don't want you to call those other teams because Stephon Gilmore by far is the best corner on the planet we could get. I mean, we saw the week before that. Here's Tampa Bay signing Richard Sherman, who's done nothing for months, and he comes in and he starts against New England. So I absolutely would have traded for Gilmore. And if I'm them, I am scouring all these teams that may have some surplus at corner and giving up a really good offensive lineman to get them. All right, Mike, your Giants GM, Dave Gettleman. Ah, ah, I want to fight you across the table. Anyway, how can you salvage a season or – you know, next couple of games with Daniel Jones being out with a concussion. Like, how do you how do you fix it? Everybody on the team is injured. Obviously, there's a lot of pressure on your seat. How do you fix it? Yeah, I thought about this. And Richard Sherman, like, taught me something a week ago. I would go try to sign Phillip Rivers, and here's why. If Phillip Rivers knows 15% of the playbook, it's better than Mike Glennon knowing 100%. And we saw Richard Sherman come in, and I know playing quarterback's more complicated than playing corner, but – Richard Sherman helped him go win a game and had done nothing, no training camp, nothing. I would try to convince Phillip Rivers, like, hey, you could go coach next year. It's like what happened with McCown a year ago where he left coaching. And right now, Phillip Rivers knowing 15 plays of the Giant offense is way better than Mike Lennon. Why give yourself a better chance to win when you're not going anywhere this year anyway? You just go get the draft pick at this point. Mike Lennon continues to get rich. (laughs) Glennon, it's unreal. Is Mike Lennon driving a Chevy or a Bentley? Is he he in my crowd or is he in your guys' crowd? Your 49ers GM, John Lynch, Mike, who are you recommending to start quarterback – at quarterback, when both Trey Lance and Jimmy G are healthy? Well, rely on my Stanford degree that John Lynch has. I would say that it's Jimmy Garoppolo, and we made that decision, Max, on Labor Day because when we committed $24 million this year, look, we gave up all this capital for Trey Lance. We're excited about his future, but we said this year he's our quarterback in terms of if we're going to commit $24 million to Jimmy Garoppolo, he's our guy. I think we got to go back to our plan. And again, I think what we're learning, guys, Trevor Lawrence, all these guys – Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, developing as a quarterback doesn't happen overnight. So let's bring Trey Lance along the way we were. Let's go back to Jimmy G. See, I I think if Jimmy G's healthy, you start him. But if they make a decision not to, Mike, I'm okay with that. Because if you go back and you look at Justin Fields' first game, it looked kind of rocky as a full-time starter. The second game, a little bit better. So since he's been the starter, they've won two games. And then in replacement, they won the other game. So I think as, as, as time goes on, the San Francisco 49ers could have themselves a pretty good quarterback in Trey Lance. I mean, I, I but I would still start Jimmy G, I think, if he's healthy, even though if they decide to go with Trey Lance, I wouldn't be against it. All right, you're the Chargers GM. What's an extension for Justin Herbert look like at this point? I'm, I'm handing him the contract and say, hey, you fill in the amount. Because he is, to me, the reason he's the MVP over Lamar Jackson is the Ravens have this incredible culture of, like, They've been great for a long time. Justin Herbert single-handedly is changing the narrative of that franchise with their quarterback, I mean, with their head coach. Mike, let me stop you right there, though. When do you do? He's only in year two. One of the reasons I think Justin Herbert has more trade value, right, than anyone in the NFL is because he has this elite, crazy talent, size, everything, and he's only in year two. You don't have to pay him for a while. When do you do that deal? Well, I would do it in year three when you can under the rules, and here's why. Every day it's just going to get more expensive. So I want to stay below Patrick Mahomes if I can. But to be candid, Jay Will, if he says, hey, well, wait a second, I went into 
Kansas City, I'd be Patrick Holmes. I want $45 million. That's not an irrational argument. The point is, like, I get it done as soon as possible, knowing that the cap's going to go back up as we get further away from the pandemic. Mm. Mm. Also, maybe he doesn't have the most trade value if he's about to get paid anyway. Who does, I wonder? Um, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. All phone guests join on the Goodyear call-in line. Mike, your Bears GM, Ryan Pace. Um, last week, a provocative talk show host named Keyshawn Johnson said, Matt Nagy will likely get an extension after this season. Then he had us look up his winning percentage compared to Kyle Shanahan's. It's interesting. Nagy wins a lot more than he's given credit for. Uh, what do you want to see from Coach Nagy to make that happen if you're the GM? Yeah, I think you kind of know it when you see it, guys. I think there's a real intangible of, like, Matt Nagy has developed quarterbacks, and he has you know a track record, which is better than we think, but has not handled that situation well in terms of candid, transparency, leadership. I would just... If I was Ryan Pace, I'd say, hey, coach, like, let's bury the noise. You're tied to Justin Fields. Go make great magic for the next decade. Stop with the BS. He's our guy. Let's just move forward. Let's be a little bit more candid. Sounds like you're not giving him an extension. No, I, I, like, I'm a little disappointed because I want the face of my franchise to be like, I want a, a battlefield commander, and I don't think Matt Nagy's been that guy for the Bears. Key? Hey, he's two-and-a-half game winning streak with Justin Fields at quarterback for him. And at the end of the day, if they get into the playoffs or it starts to look like they win a 10 games, 11 games, that dude is getting an extension at the end of the season. May not get it during the season, but when the end of the season comes, because much like you said, Mike, he's tied to Justin Fields. You drafted a guy, you moved up to get a guy, you certainly don't want somebody else coaching that guy that you evaluated and said, hey, the coach signs off on him. Now all of a sudden Mike Tannenbaum is coaching that guy. You've yeah. been in that chair before, Mike. Yeah, key. No, and here's the key word right here. It's trajectory. The discussion between the owner and the GM is, like, if the trajectory between Fields and Nagy is positive, it doesn't matter if they win five games, eight games, 11 games, because that's what you're going to say is, like, his trajectory is what we want it to be. We want Justin Fields to be a star with us. And if we have to start all over, we don't know if the next guy is going to be better. So that's going to be the key for Matt Nagy is how is the trajectory of that offense and more – specifically Justin Fields coming down the stretch. Mike's going to be back with us in a bit. Thank you, Mike. Coming up next, do the Red Sox have the firepower to win a World Series? Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When they reminisce over you, Pete Rock and C.L. Smooth. Mm. Yeah, I reminisce over a time when the Yankees ran baseball. Apparently, that doesn't happen anymore. Still Brian Cashman, Hal Steinberg, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Let Shame. it go. Let it go. All right. Keyshawn J. Willemax. We have Jessica Mendoza <laughs> with us, ESPN Radio, ESPN2. The road to the World Series goes through ESPN Radio. Catch all the postseason action presented by AutoZone on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. God, baseball's so great on radio. ESPN, MLB analyst, as I mentioned, Jessica Mendoza is in studio with us, giving the straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Um, I, the, the, again, Key, Jay, do you want to talk to Jessica about the, the Red Sox? <laughs> I said, like, poison in my mouth. I don't even, even want to talk it. about it. I can't even say it. Well, I'll, I'll t- I'll, the Red Sox eliminated the Rays in the ALDS last night. Game, you know, so now what? What, what, what? Are they on the mission? Are they going to be the ones? Well, I still like the Astros a lot in that other series that we got to see finish up first. But, I mean, the biggest thing, Keyshawn, is they got to score runs to win games. I mean, they're giving up runs. I mean, what gets lost in all of this is the fact that they've had to average almost eight runs a game in the playoffs. I mean, think about that. All the, the good pitching that you're going to see. Chris Sale's a big question mark that, I mean, we keep hearing his name. I mean, Kike even said after the game, well, we got Sale now, we're good. He has flat out struggled. He's been getting like three outs a game, and, and that's it. So if they don't have him and they don't score a lot of runs, they're in trouble. How big, how big has Kiki been for them overall? You know, he, he's huge. And you know, he's ex-Dodger. You saw him in L.A. and the things that he did. Getting him a chance to play every day, too, has been really exciting. And then he's just on fire right now. And there's something about ice in his veins he gets up to bat, and you just feel – I mean, what was it, like seven straight at bat, seven straight hits? In that moment, by the way, I, I don't think they showed the defense when you see the highlight. They had him shifted all the way to pull left. The game-winning run is on third base. Like, mm. they win if he scores. If he just literally bunted, tapped the ball to the right side, they win the game. But he was so flat-out confident in the fact that I, I'm going to absolutely rake – he ends up getting the sacrifice fly. But if he literally just, like, elbowed the ball over to no the right side. No one does that anymore, though. No, no one just uses the shift against him, ever. But it, it's mind-blowing to me. It, just because I'm watching the game going, there's the whole right side of the field. The game-winning runs right there, like, head-butted over there. Like, anything. Like, you win. But it, it worked out. I have a question for my father-in-law, die-hard White Sox fan. Okay. Where are the chances? That oh, I just dismissed when I said the Astros are yes. going to get past them? You kind of um, did, yes. Yeah, I did do that. I, You know, Chicago, I mean, they are such a ridiculously talented team, and I think Uh-oh. that's one of the hardest, I know, because then the butts come yeah, up, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You're waiting for it. The compliment and then butt. Watch you know, your signs, White Sox. Go ahead. Sorry. I feel like they've been playing sloppy. Like there's, you know, whether it's defensive plays. And, again, talent doesn't win in the postseason just based on that. It comes down to, like, the right moves by their manager, like being able to come in, take out, like it's so down to exactly what you need to do. I feel like the Houston Astros right now are just one of the hottest teams that I've seen offensively. They're the team everyone wants to hate. And I feel like they've got that extra chip because of it, but it doesn't mean they don't have a chance. I mean, Chicago is flat out ridiculous, especially that lineup. I mean, they're just a fun team to watch. Just the secret sauce. And I want to go back to something you said about scoring runs, right? The secret sauce in the playoffs. It's not just like, what the scouts and what the fans think, it's actually true, is power pitching and defense, right? That usually beats offense. What gives 
with these offensive outbursts. Yeah, well, I mean, that's how the Giants won their game. If you look right. at them against yeah, the yeah, Dodgers, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 that's right. I mean, your Dodgers <laughs> out-hit the Giants, but when you look at, I mean, Brandon Crawford, hello, like, oh, my gosh, 34 years old, you got hops like that? Like, get him in an NBA uniform like today. Oh, yeah. you, you, you mean <laughs> on, the, on the line drive, uh, By the line Betts. drive that he climbed the ladder and went and got? Yes. No, it's Buster I wish Posey his hair would have flew in his eyes. <laughs> Buster Posey and, and Brandon Crawford still doing it. A, a catcher yeah. and shortstop? Like, yeah. it's nuts. Yeah, Evan Longoria. I mean, yeah. the game winner. I mean, you're talking about the old dudes getting it done. And the Giants talk about secret sauce. I mean, they figure out how to do matchups, how to understand plugging and playing a closer for the first time at 24 years old. And Camilo Duvall, I mean, him coming into that game, he, he's not even their closer. He didn't even get higher than single A up until this year. And I mean, had an eight ERA. You talk about it, an organization that understands talent. Send him down to AAA, and then he's pumping 103 miles an hour with the Dodgers having no chance. Sorry, Key, Je- in the last Jess- two innings. Jessica, we uh, obviously we down 2-1 in the series, right? And, and we've been shut out uh, twice. Um, I guess what, what would you say the biggest reason why these things are happening to us and can – this thing goes seven because that's what I'm hoping. I'm like pushing for seven now just because. Or five. Yeah, five. Either five. Way. <laughs> the distance. The distance, if it yeah. gets to seven, that would be amazing. That'd be some. Which <laughs> I, I'm telling you well, what. By the way, if they get closed out in five, Key will be like, all right, best of seven. Yeah, wait, <laughs> come on. Like rock, paper, scissors, let's go. No, I mean, honestly, there's I'm a reason. I'm scared, though. No, but there's a reason why these teams won 106, 107 games. I mean, this Dodgers team is really good. I mean, look mm-hmm. at how well Max Scherzer did. And like I said, they out hit the Giants. I mean, their pitching was stupid ridiculous. I mean, everything that they did, in fact, 15 of the 20 hard hit balls in that game were by the Dodgers. The Giants only had four over the minimum offensively, but this there's a reason why this division came down to the wire and both of them won 213 games between the two of them. They're both really good teams, and I don't think the Dodgers need to change much. I mean, they, they did everything they needed to do, except they gave up one mistake to Evan Longoria. If you, if you win 106 games and don't win the division, I used to hear stories as a kid, I think, Yankees and Indians once in the 50s. Someone won like 100 games or 102 and didn't win the division. No one could play. 106 games and you don't win the division? What is going on in the NL West? It's insane. It is insane. And you forgot about the Padres and how they got how good they were the first half. I mean, this division was absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, I, I just look at how good we're seeing a magical series right now between the Giants and the Dodgers because these two teams are two of the best. They are the two best teams in baseball. Unfortunately, they got to play each other in a best-of-five game series now instead of the World Series. ESPN Major League Baseball analyst, the great Jessica Mendoza. Thank you, Jess. Always good to great be to here see you. in person. Thank you. Yes. We'll see Coming you up, we'll, we'll see you dive back into the John Gruden story, plus a GM who may be on the hot seat, Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max. We are now moving to ESPN News. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.